0: Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. Alex. Hello. And special guest, Nick. Nick. Rick. <laughs> That's sorry, my name. Rick. No, you're Rick. <laughs> we're going to leave it in. It's Rick. Sorry, because we were talking about Nick earlier. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, are you yeah. sure we're, it's not Dick?
1: Rick. We've, people, uh, does
0: anybody call you Dick?
1: No. No. People have mixed this up in the past. Yeah. Has, Has anyone we're, ever I think i done, you. actually.
0: <laughs> Has
2: anyone ever called you a Dick? I've been called a dick many okay. times. Yeah, but we're anyways, all dicks here.
0: We are live in our hotel room at uh, Pax East. We're at the Revolution Hotel in Boston. Pretty cool place. Check it out online. Um, this is day two. We screwed up our day one recording. I'm sorry. No, don't. We're, we all. It's a collective screw up. There's 45 minutes of lost podcast out <laughs> in the atmosphere. It's not the first time yeah, um, That's true. Just just let it happen. We're professionals. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do a, a like semi quick recap of day one as much as we possibly can remember at this point, but it's probably not much. Uh, I will start. I went to a bunch of panels yesterday, and uh, I don't have my phone out, so I can't tell you what they are oh, in the mo- like in this moment. Um, but one of them was uh, is pretty rad. Actually, all the panels I went to were rad except for one. Um, the main one that I went to yesterday was a conversation about video game reviews and it was super interesting um these it was a it basically talking about uh you know what's it what kind of review do you want to give to people like what kind of um you know are you are you critiquing a game are you telling people if it's worth buying or not uh are you like critiquing it from an artistic standpoint or a mix of both and like figuring out your audience and all that good stuff i felt it was super relevant to what we do uh and in explaining it to a developer t- today about how we review things, like it really dawned on me that like we do a really good mix of both of those things. Like we we really uh, try to make a point of like addressing the artistic aspects of the game, uh, be it the art, the music, the you know the gameplay itself, the mechanics, and then also telling people what's worth you know if it's worth their money. Like it's something I think we do really well. Um, <clears throat> it was a pretty cool panel, and Brian and I also went to the voice acting one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there was a voice acting one, and Morgan Webb was there. She hosted it. It was cool. Morgan Webb of G4 fame, and uh, who else was there? Uh, Felicia Day. Day. She was yeah. there. It was cool to see it's them. Very see, funny. See people we know from the internet in person. It was rad. Um, Alex, what did you do yesterday?
3: Uh, I played a bunch of games on the show floor. One of them was called Cloak and Dasher. It's like a platformer game. Rick played this with me as well. Yeah, it was fun. They gave us 10 minutes to get through 23 levels, and uh, it's out in early access on Steam right now. They're planning on releasing more levels each month, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was basically like trying to avoid... It's very Super Meat Boy, trying to avoid spikes and things that can kill you, but also like hitting enemies that are holding keys to open the door that you need to get through, that type of thing. So that was pretty sweet. Um I also played a game called Get to the Orange Door. It looked very cool, but there wasn't much in the way of um, guidance on what to do. Like, you get a gun, but there was no reason for me to shoot that gun in the five to seven minutes that I was playing the game. So I couldn't really get a good grip on it.
2: Maybe you don't need the gun until you get to the orange door. That's entirely possible. But I never found an orange door, so that was sad. Uh, I also
3: played a game called Good Pizza, Great Pizza, which was fun. It was kind of like an overcooked where you're making a pizza for a customer. Um, But it could be kind of like uh, subversive. Or Rick and I wanted it to be more subversive than it really was because somebody would walk up and be like, I want a cheese, please. (laughs) And then you could say either, okay, and then go make it. Or you could say, what? And then when you press what, it, the person just said, please, cheese. So I just wanted to give them just cheese. No bread, no sauce, just cheese. And it wouldn't let me do that. A pile so, of melted cheese. Yeah. And and it, I couldn't do that. So Maybe the it. DLC will let you do that. It, and that's the thing. It felt very early. So yeah. it could always be more. But, um, yeah, and the uh, other game that I played, I played um, Wintermore Tactics Club, which was this... Um, uh, like an isometric view tactics type game, very interesting. Kind of like, oh, these kids that are in school are in this tactics club where they're playing a game called C and C, and that involves them going out and playing like they command and conquer. No, oh. it's like a fake D and D. Uh. Oh. but uh, they're it's like a tactics game where they're fighting these D and D type enemies, and uh, it was okay. The writing felt like it was um. Uh, it it felt like it was trying really hard, and and I I think it could dial it back a little bit, uh, but it is going to come out soon. It's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, the art style is very cool though. So, but yeah, other than that, I think that's about it. Um, Rick, you played Speaking Simulator. I
2: did. Brian, you played some of that today too. Yeah. Based on Rick's recommendation, I I uh, seeked it out today to play it, and it's very funny and fun, and yeah, I might pick it up at some point, but I hope to play with a friend. So it's a game where you're controlling a mouth and
1: tongue in a robotic person to try and speak like a normal human to fool people. Yes. Uh yeah, I don't fully understand all of the premises they put you in, but the first one, like the little tutorial. Is you're a robot pretending to be a human on a date and you cannot let it be known that you are a robot. It'd be really funny if it was like actually a dating sim in general. <laughs> like <laughs> But you're a robot yeah, the whole time. Yeah, but you're a robot
2: the whole time and you have to do all that. That'd be really funny. Um I don't uh I didn't catch their name, but whoever was on the show floor today, like, did work on the game and he told me that they basically came up with all the dialogue while they were drinking together. <laughs> it's like not surprising. <laughs> that's awesome. Because I was like admiring that and telling them how funny it was. And that's why I wanted to keep playing was just to see what kind of ridiculous lines came up. That's, yeah.
1: that's funny. I didn't even really notice the dialogue because I was so Focus focused on done. doing, speaking. I, I would doing read it, the speaking yeah. mechanics. Like before <laughs> and after I was done
2: playing through it, I would read it and it would make me laugh.
1: Yeah. I was too stressed because i I would I noticed that the the uh, timer no the trustworthy meter was just like (laughs) it was just being decimated by me knocking my teeth out with my tongue. So yeah, mechanically it was interesting because you use the right stick to open the mouth. If you move the right stick horizontally, it would open the mouth wider, um, in the horizontal sense, or close it. And if you move it up and down, it would open the mouth. And then there were you had to use the left joystick to Move your tongue to the roof of your mouth on two discrete buttons or on the bottom on one just to dictate certain syllables and vowels.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then on the second scenario, which was a job interview. Yeah. They added in the idea of maintaining eye contact where you don't want to keep too much eye contact, but you want to have enough. And then also the um, (laughs) smiling or or not
1: basically how happy you
3: looking happy or sad. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, it. It got very complicated very quickly. Yes,
2: it became quap, but for your mouth and face. Yes. Yeah, I definitely lost many teeth moving the tongue around before opening the mouth, which I (laughs) realize doesn't work very well when you're trying to talk. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, you you like if you hit them hard enough with the tongue, the teeth just fall out. So they had a bunch of teeth that were at the booth that you could like fake teeth that you could take with you, each (laughs) individually bagged. Yeah. But, no, it, it was a very interesting game. Uh, Ricky also played a game by um, Matroshka Games. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Let me...
1: Fallen Angel? Is that
3: it? It is called Fallen Angel by Matryoshka, Matryoshka Games.
1: Yeah, this one was interesting. Uh, it started out, apparently, as a student project that eventually became a Kickstarter that did not succeed but led to... Funding ultimately, um, and is being developed by a small team of I think like five people. Something like that, yeah. It's sort of, without meaning this in like a divisive or in a, definitive, without meaning this in like a reductive sense, okay, it's sort yeah. of like a hyperlight drifter in the sense that it has similar mechanics that you can dash around, you can shoot. Aesthetically, it was a little bit similar. Um, I guess one difference is that you can jump, which you couldn't do in. Hyperlight Drifter. But yeah. otherwise, it's sort of like a beat-em-up action actiony game. Top-down. Yeah. Sort of isometric, but straight on. Yeah. But still that kind of, like, still-raised camera angle. Yeah. Um, it seemed pretty early, but it also felt pretty fun. It was pretty difficult in a way that felt validating or, like, yeah, I don't know, gratifying. Yeah, you got words. to a boss that seemed, like, a bit like a shmup, like a bunch of... Bu- like a bullet yeah. hell.
3: A lot of bullets moving around, and you can... Try to, like, jump around them and stuff like that. Yeah. So I It looked it. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was cool. It seemed early. I'm, yeah. I think it will, I, and I don't mean that in the pejorative sense, um, but I feel like it'll get even cooler. Mm-hmm.
3: Brian, did you do anything from uh, yesterday that you can remember that you want to talk about?
2: Um, No. Okay. Not video game no, that's cool. That I actually played. I walked by some things. Like I saw some people playing Doom Eternal, which was cool. Oh, Everspace 2 we played yesterday. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, but there's not much to that yet. Yeah, it was it's, just a it's demo. An alpha, or pre-alpha, maybe even? Yeah, even as remember. a prototype. Yeah, because it's, it's hitting uh, early access later this year in September. Um, but it, look, it looks nice, it feels good. Like it's a, a basically like a, Spaceship game, like an open, I think it's an open ended kind of spaceship game where you like can do combat or trading and whatever and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, what about today? About I think that's today? all we had for yesterday. Yeah. Right?
3: But it looks like you played a lot more stuff today.
2: Yeah. I played, um, Door Kickers Action Squad, I think is technically the sequel to Door Kickers. Maybe not, or maybe that's the original Door Kickers, and I just never played it. Hmm. But yeah, I played it on um Switch, which is cool. Um I don't what know if it? you guys are familiar with that. It's like a 2D, like Arcade SWAT game, basically. So you and like Another player can literally kick down doors and go in and rescue hostages and stuff. Interesting. Um, it's kind of fun. It's silly. Um, yeah. And then. Is it I like p- a top down, like Hotline Miami kind of view? Or is no, it- it's. Um, side scroller. Like side scroller. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and then I played an g- interesting game called Kana Quest. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it basically... How's yeah, yeah, Kana I would Quest. Say Kana Quest. It's, well, that's it, Japanese katakana. Yes, exactly. It kind of teaches you Japanese. That's cool. And it's a puzzle game um, that pl- works sort of like playing dominoes. Um, and it, it's like each uh, puzzle that it presents you with, you have unlimited moves, but the less moves you use, the higher score you get. Okay. Um, at least that's how it is right now. There maybe there will be different modes later on that limit your amount of moves and whatnot. But it's kind of like a memory game too because you have to basically it shows you like the Japanese characters. Kana. Yeah, kinda. And um you can flip it over to get like the, the English like pronunciation of it or whatever. The Romaji and, Sure. Yeah. See, I didn't learn that much yet. That's okay. I, but it's just a demo. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, if you have those memorized, you can match them up a lot quicker. Yeah. Because basically, you, you, are memori- you are matching up two tiles that either, like, have the same kind of, like, vowel sound or the same consonant sound or whatever. And, yeah.
3: Interesting. I'll have to go check
2: that out. It's that sounds in- like it would be fun. interesting. I can sandbag um, them a little bit, but like... A- I don't know any Japanese. It has a nice, like, muted kind of. Uh, He's sandbagging. He's sandbagging you. <laughs> calming, like, look to it. So, what, what were? Do you know what you game. were playing on, or what they want to release on? Um, I was playing on PC. Okay. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really know. I feel like ask. it'd be
3: a good switch or mobile phone kind
2: of like flashcard. Oh, it you? would definitely be a good mobile game yeah. for sure because you're just like swapping tiles around and stuff. Sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Um, and I didn't try it, but I walked by this game called trick shot, which looks really cool. It's basically like, um, well, they describe it as Tony Hawk plus jet set radio plus quake. And that's pretty much exactly what it looks <laughs> that's like. <a> lot. <laughs> it that looks a lot. like a lot of fun though. <laughs> awesome. And I would is like first to go person? back and try that. No, it's like, like a uh, third person.
3: Cool. John was saying while well, playing Sledge Life, which we'll get to, uh, something about making like a, like a um a graffiti game like Splatoon, where you're trying to cover up the walls with your tags, or you're just and tagging territory and like making it your own, nice. a, like competitive kind of would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe that it could be Trick Shot. I hope there yeah. are letters.
2: It seemed to have a strong room. emphasis on like having that kind of vibe, like with the music and stuff and visuals and. Yeah, it was, it was cool. You That's do a cool. lot of tricks and shooting and stuff based on what I watched, but nice. like I said, I didn't get a chance to play that one. Um, I definitely watched several other games, but I didn't grab the card, so I don't really remember what they are.
0: Okay. Cool. Sweet. Uh, I check out a game called Iron Meat, and it just seemed like a very... like. Remind me a lot of, like, Akari Warriors and, like, the old school, like, Contra or, like, a, like a Metal Slug kind of game. Like, Contra was more top-down, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Um, but Metal Slug is, like, side-scrollers shoot them up. Um, it was okay. It wasn't anything special. Um, it had some cool elements, like, flaming aliens that would run out of, like, rooms that were on fire and stuff and would come after you. And, you know, uh, it basic platformer, 2D platformer. Um, that was pretty cool. I also checked out this game called Neon City Riders, and it was in, like, one of the indie, like, mini booths or whatever, and I think it was, it's just, I, there was only one guy, like, working on this particular uh, <clears throat> booth, and it's a top-down game where, like, your character looks like he's a hockey mask-wearing dude in, like, a you know, Japanese city with a lot of neon signs, and it was, um I, like, I had no clue what the hell was going on. I just knew, like... There was no way to, like, get away... Like, if you were fighting an enemy, like, I couldn't get away from it to, like, not get hit by it. Like, if you're engaging with an enemy, there was no way to avoid their attacks, which that was sucks. kind of, like, annoying. Um, I didn't notice any kind of block mechanism either, so I'm not really keen on this game specifically, but, I, well, I did want to bring it up. Uh, I also checked out a game called The Coma 2 v- uh, Vicious Sisters, and this was a, like, uh, sort of horror discovery hiding kind of game but it was 2d and it had really awesome looking hand-drawn artwork um it felt pretty good pretty smooth i was kind of intrigued by the story that was presented to me but also at the same time like we're sitting in a convention center there's a lot of shit going on around us hard to concentrate and yeah really- and like I know there's other people who want to play because they're, like, standing behind me. And so I don't want to take up too much time, like, reading through all the lore. But there's a lot of lore pieces that you pick up to figure out what's going on. And um, you walk around with a lighter to, like, see in this building. And you can flick the lighter away to, like, hide from monsters that come out. Or there are monsters that are, like basically stuck under other objects and they will reach for you if they see the light, but you can like back up and get rid of the lighter and they go back to sleep and you can walk past them. So it's like figuring out how to like maneuver through the terrain and everything. Um, But it was cool little like demo to to check out. I'd like to see more of this game. I think it's supposed to come out on PS4 switch and Xbone quarter two of this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, And then I went to a couple other panels today Let's see. We did the Influencers Plus Brands 101 and this was a series of influencers talking about like working with sponsors and things like that. Um it was fairly interesting but not enough for me to like I didn't I didn't really think it was like speaking to us necessarily. I feel like we were like we the podcast were the wrong audience cuz it was definitely geared more towards like people who were streaming on Twitch. Yeah. Um that sort of thing and then we also checked out the Making Your Game uh, panel, which was all about, like, actually, we were talking, you know, you had a couple of publishers up there talking, you had someone from Kickstarter talking, uh, and um, another person from, who was into board games, de- board game development. Tabletop, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a very interesting panel to hear people talking about, like, uh, the the thing I walked away from it with was basically like if you want to make a game in this world like there's no nothing really holding you back and you have all the right to like reach out to these companies and talk to them and like like take that chance and like talk to them and like all anybody can do is say no right like they were like especially uh what's her name from Finji, um Uh, becca saltzman yeah she seems so inviting to the idea of people approaching her and talking about their game and not because like, you know, she's going to steal their idea, but because she actually genuinely seems like she wants to help people make cool stuff. And she even like, we, we went to a whole different panel and by the time we walked back through the theater area, she was still there an hour and a half later talking to people. Talking with people in the hallway that, like, came up to talk to her about things. So, if, you, if you're if you not familiar with Finji Games, you should be. Um, they put out the game Overland, which we've talked about. They're putting out Tunic, which is another one we're super interested in, and we have a meeting with the developer of Tunic tomorrow. Night,
3: to in, Night in the Woods was their, like, big, first big, really big game. Well, I mean, they did Cannibalt as well back in the day.
0: But Night in the Woods is the one I feel like is it's on the most platforms, and it's seen the most light of day. Yeah. So probably the easiest one to talk about. Uh, and yeah, I did try to convince Megan that we need to buy one of these really sweet wooden gaming dining tables. So <laughs> uh, she seemed interested because the name of the table, the model was the Megan. So nice. maybe I can get her to do that. But it was also like $2,200. So kind of expensive. But maybe I can get dad to do it. Maybe. <laughs> make make me a gaming table, dad. <laughs> I said, hey, dad, help me with a fence, and he built me a whole fence. That's like, true. I didn't even ask for that. I just said, help me figure I, it out.
3: My dad is very skilled and- Quite Handy. Handy. So. We
0: did go to the postmortem again. We did that last Improvised time. The
3: postmortem was a lot of fun. fantastic. Super funny. Everybody there was hilarious. You might be able to find that one on YouTube. I think they were broadcasting. And so I'm sure somebody, it I, might still I think be up they on, said Twitch. It was on
2: Twitch. I think yeah. all of
0: the panels yeah. are available on Twitch. So. Yeah,
3: but they might go away at some point. But I would hope somebody would bring them over to you. I think Pat yeah. Baer, who runs the panel, usually tries to get the footage to keep them. So.
2: Yeah, I agree. We all went to that one. It was fun. Oh. And I went last year, too.
0: And I also we can we can segue into Rick talking about this too, but I played Sludge Life. Yeah. Sludge Life. Sludge Life. Uh how would you describe this game, Rick?
1: Um like a three D platformer with graffiti like with tagging. First person platformer first per- yeah. yeah, first person platformer three D with tagging like very
0: simulator ish.
1: <laughs> Uh, it, I don't even know how to describe the, the, the art. The it's, graphics, it's like very aliased. Yes. Yeah, you know super what it aliased. reminded me of was like if you took Pa Rappa the Rapper
0: and like made them into 3D models because they were 2D models. Like they were paper people basically on mm-hmm. like a, a 3D background.
1: Yeah. Very flat lighting, almost like cell shaded. Yeah. In a way that's like very pleasing also. Very cool aesthetic, very like 90s. Uh, like edginess yes like everyone's smoking cigarettes
0: it was like ps1
1: graphics then. yeah like it's, it's, it sort of reminds me of like uh a, a kid-friendly version of like new york city 90s vibe <laughs> Where in, in 3d yes in 3d <laughs> yeah
0: it's a it's a really interesting game um I like I it's like it's hard to describe like what like what it is cuz you go around and you're like tagging things with this character your character's name is Ghost he's that's his graffiti name and he like writes Ghost and then he also like puts up this really cool image of a Ghost is like his other tag that he does Did you say goats ghost uh not goats sorry man um but you get to like th- you're basically in this like a series of platforms in a bunch of sludge mm-hmm. and you get to jump around from platform to platform and like climb things and find objects to use like a glider and a camera and uh you know you can eat hot dogs and things but like you talk to these Uh, there's other people you can talk to in the game and like the dialogue's kind of ridiculous like i ran into this this other graffiti writer who's like is that you out there putting up them stupid looking pimple tags or something like that (laughs) and it was just like really it was just funny but it was a it was a very interesting cool game uh, I, mean, I I definitely want to check it out. I think they said it was coming to Switch, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. coming to Switch yeah.
1: very soon. Yeah, in a couple of months, I, th- yeah. I think they said. I the, think the thing that was super compelling about it to me is that the world seems very like fun to explore. Yeah. Um. Also, there's like a verticality to the game. Like, I think you just c- kind of want to keep going higher and higher. Yeah, to- climbing up different things. I got to the
0: point where I could like jump to a satellite but couldn't like make it onto the satellite dish, mm-hmm. which was a graffiti tagging point. Yeah, so yeah. you can get there. You probably need the glider or whatever, but it was, uh, it was fun to watch the guy that was playing before me because it looked like he was like, had kept coming back to this game. Yeah. Like he knew what he was doing yeah. clearly. And, and he, he had unlocked a bunch of the warp points and everything. Nice. And like, yeah. he yeah, it was just very interesting to see him kind of like, you know, jumping through the whole world. But uh, Rick, what else did you play? You had some
1: other games. Um, uh, I forgot to mention yesterday, we played a couple of Finji games, played Tunic, but yeah. I played that the last time we were here. Um, that game is really great. I'm excited to see, uh, when it, I'm excited to play it in full when it comes out. Yeah, because there's so much there. There's so much mystery. Like it uses runes for language and it just seems like shrouded in mystery. And I'm just curious to know what the rest of the world looks like and what you do in it. Because even you open up, there's an inventory menu and you look at it and it's massive and I'm just like. What Very is all the stuff? yeah uh so i'm looking forward to that also played um chicory chicory which was another fingy <clears throat> title um that one was cool it's like you live in this world where there's this person who has this magical brush and i don't fully know what it does i guess it gives life to the world and puts sense. color on the on the world yeah yeah and the color goes admit it, it goes away at some point and you don't know where this person is but you pick up their brush and you start using it um and that game was super delightful too because you would just go around and have these really silly interactions with people like you find this this person who has this house and he he's like I want you to paint my color with tough colors only tough colors and then the palette you have to choose from are four very pastel colors there's <laughs> like a pink purple green and blue it's or cyan, something yeah, yeah it should and be red white and blue regardless of what you <laughs> regardless of what you paint it he's just like so thrilled that you painted it and he's like these are the toughest colors yeah you did it <laughs> and so it's just like it's pretty cute and fun and eventually like you start to unlock different parts of the world by using this painting mechanic and there's also an erasing mechanic um and there are other collectibles in the game like litter so i'm excited <laughs> mostly to see like what's in store for that game I had, um, I had a different experience with chicory
3: where this woman asked me to paint her house and I painted it two different colors. And at one point she's like, wait, 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 stop. You should erase some of that. And I went to erase some of it and she just never like interrupted me again. So I just kept going and then I basically erased it all. She was like, okay, I didn't like the way you painted that house. But if you <laughs> want to try again, you can. <laughs> it's so disappointing. I was like, I was like No. <laughs> It was the first one I ran into, too, so oh, I was like, no, thank you. It's such a different experience than me. <laughs> yeah. You
0: didn't get that S-Class rating.
1: No. <laughs> no, I did not. But, yeah. I'm excited to see what that game's about. It sort of reminds me, in a weird way, of Minute. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess just because of the 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 black and white and aesthetic. And white. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They're, they're nothing alike, really, but in some sense, I think the world's just reminded me. At least kind of like the way the art looks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think just like this, the whimsy interactions you have with people a little bit. Minute, like it was, was
3: the world like kind of like moving a little bit? Yeah, a little the, bit. Yeah. Just kind of like even if you're sitting there, you see like kind of the pixels. Kind of like in Zelda when you see like the grass move and yeah, yeah, trees yeah. kind of ruffle a little bit. Things like that. But like in a
1: hand-drawn animation. Yes. Animation, animation style, yeah. That's cool. Um... Then, uh, what else? I played this game called "A Ground." Um, and spoke to the the four, three of the four folks who made that for a while. Um, it was an interesting game, sort of like a side-scrolling platformer semi-survival adventure game, where you do a lot of like resource gathering and building, and there's mining involved, and you kind of go through all that stuff and you. Eventually, uh, the loops seemed to be pretty tight in the sense that like, you go do the thing and then you reap the reward, whether it's building something that allows you to do more of that quicker um, and upgrade your gear so you're like a little more efficient. Uh, it seemed to be pretty story-driven, so it seemed a little more bounded in that sense in a way that I think is probably good. Um, and I, was, I noticed a bunch of things in the game and in the trailer that I saw afterward that made me super intrigued. Like I found this big lake that you can't really get to. You can get through if you mind, but you don't have the mining gear to get into it. And I'm like, I'm curious to know what happens if I access that part of the lake. Cause I saw some weird lake thing, like lake, some weird lake life in there. <laughs> I'm just curious what happens. Does that card have the name of the studio on there? Um, you know? fancy fish games.
3: Yeah. They, I mean, we sat and talked to them for a while and they seem like really, really nice people. And, uh, you know,
0: I think the developer's name was Chase, right? Does that sound right?
3: And we're very serious. If you
0: ever come to Detroit, we will get you Louis Pizza. Yes, we will. For sure, definitely stand by that, hundred percent. But yeah, Rick, I remember like as we walked away, I remember you saying something along the lines of like, you you could feel yourself getting sucked into that game or something to that
1: effect. Oh yeah, I'm aware of my like compulsive tendencies to the point of where I like know I have to check out of something before before it takes before over it takes over. Yeah, in the sense of like. I'll get that feeling that Stardew Valley gave me, where it's like I've got chores to do. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to tick all these boxes, and then I'm going to get more boxes to tick, and then I'm <laughs> going to tick those boxes, and it's going to feel good.
2: <laughs> if, on, if only planting shit in that game wasn't such a chore, I would have gotten into it. That game I is think that's like the point. <laughs> 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 yeah. Isn't it? like It's just like lining things up, though, is such a pain in the ass. Oh, like getting, like actually like... Planning in the same squares. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah.
0: What, what did you play it on? on PC? Or Switch. You, on Switch? I think it's just the
2: joysticks on the Switch made yeah. it difficult. That's true. I did play in handheld mode most yeah. of the time. But what or else? Or I just suck. Whatever. Or
3: both. I played a game. <laughs> I played a game uh, today at the Annapurna booth called If I Found, or If Found, excuse me. Uh, The card that I have here says, Casio's Diary, Earth's Final Month, The Black Hole Is Growing. Uh, It's a very interesting game. It seemed like most of the gameplay was around you erasing. And like a lot of it was like, you'd see the scene. And then you'd click and you'd erase, like, either the whole scene or, like, part of the scene to reveal something else. It was very interesting, but it looked as though the main thrust of the story is you looking through this person's diary, but it had this very, like, sad kind of veil of the idea that you're kind of, like, erasing their history or their past, which I think could also theoretically be a very cathartic experience, like, releasing yourself from the past. It seemed like a very Annapurna game, and I think it, it's it's very interesting. I think I was playing it with a mouse, um, but I think it would be very well served on, like, an iPad, especially on, like, my iPad Pro, nice big screen to kind of, like, erase things with. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Or, you know, I, or very emotional. I don't know. <laughs> it could be both of those things. But it was very interesting and worth checking out
1: if you're into that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, It's visual novel almost it's sort of hard to tell what some of these experiences really are like because you can't hear anything and I don't want to put half of these or any of these headphones on (laughs) yeah I
3: feel like it could have been one where like the music or whatever sound design maybe could have really lent something to it but I was not hearing it and Mm -hmm. so I didn't fully connect with it but I also got to a point in it where I was like I feel like this is a game I'd really want to play in like a private setting so that I could really (laughs) absorb what I'm, what I'm looking at and read things. So it was very interesting, but, um, yeah, that's if found, um, I also went to the, uh, up, up, down, down panel. Mm -hmm. There's a podcast called up, up, down, down with, um, uh, his name is Austin Creed in the WWE. I'm trying to say Xavier woods, Xavier Woods. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him on Giant Bomb before. He seems like a really, really nice dude. And this dude carried a 60-minute panel by himself, just pretty, answering people's questions. It was pretty impressive. It was incredible. Like, I, I, like, say what you will about wrestling. This dude, it feels like he engages with that and with, like, gaming. And, like, he's just being himself out there and trying to, like, share things and, like, show you these sides of wrestlers on his like game shows that he does um to kind of, and he said it's like once they come on my show or on my stream or whatever I do they are humanized and he was saying that because he's like I can't bring the people that they try to shroud in mystery and make them villains in the WWE cuz I don't want, we can't humanize those people yet. So it was very interesting. It was fun to to be there. Like Lots of crowd interaction and good questions and funny things. So that was pretty sweet.
0: Uh, yeah, I f- totally forgot that I played a game called Mon- Monster Sanctuary. Um, it's by Team, published by Team Seventeen. Uh, it's currently in early access on Steam. Uh, let me see if I can find a price: seventeen ninety nine. It's basically like a side-scrolling Pokemon sort of game where you're uh, a monster sanctuaryer. <laughs> <laughs> and or, uh, or you're one of those sanctuary S? sure yeah and you choose a, a like a monster in the very beginning that is somehow tied to like your family's heritage like you get to pick that and then you begin the game and, and it's a side scroller and you run into a monster and it starts a turn-based battle between your monster and that monster on the screen and i don't know if it's necessarily like a collection game like where you're collecting the monsters i, I don't know i didn't really get that deep into it um but it was kind of cool to see a game like that where it's a side-scroller that has, like, turn-based battles in, like, a Pokemon sort of universe thing. I feel like um, it's weird that you're killing monsters for your monster sanctuary. Yeah, well, so that's that was the other th- Like, mm. in order to get the other monster, the new monster, you have to kill the one that you're fighting, and then it you get an egg Drop from site. it, and you yeah. hatch the egg to get a new
1: monster. I kind of like the idea of having a monster ossuary. <laughs> It's just all the old monster bones. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that should Piles be their
1: sequel or companion. Oh
3: monster. <laughs> <God.
2: laughs> yeah, it's like a Pokemon Sword and Shield kind of thing, or Red and Blue. Rick- you can get Ostuary, or you can get uh, Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Is the final is the final uh, title in Monster Ostuary the Bone Daddy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a. They're calling it a monster taming RPG slash Metroidvania game. So uh, it seemed really cool. I, I you know, I, again, I didn't play for very long, but enough to get a, a few different monsters to play with. And they all have like different abilities and things too, which is really cool. I don't know if, I don't know if they evolve or anything like that, like Pokemon does, but uh, this, like, as I'm sitting there playing it, another guy, you know, his friend's playing next to me and he, he comes up and he's like, oh man, this looks totally like something I could get into, and he was like super excited. And I was like, "Here, man, like, give it a he shot." He probably and, like, like developed and, the game. No, like, he was super you. pumped. To, like, sit down and play. Like, oh, but okay. it, I think it. That's the thing is like, I feel like if you are into Pokemon, like, this is a game that would like, you, it'd be right up your alley. Or it Temtem. Is, it really felt like something I wanted to play on Switch for sure. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Anybody else have uh, anything?
2: I did play a game, I took a picture, they didn't have cards, so I took a picture of their little plaque um, with my phone. It was called Metamorphosis. That game looked really cool. It did look really cool, but I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. It wasn't completely unclear to me. It it played fine, like uh, you're like an ant, I think, and you're like jumping around all these gears and stuff in like a weird... Library type building, at least the level I played. Did do you know? Did you pick it up in like the middle of a demo, or did it restart? Yeah. Okay, so that's probably. So why. I wonder if there, maybe, maybe not, because sometimes there's not a lot of. I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see what it felt like because it looked really neat. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what it, what it's all about, yeah. and like how it turns out. Maybe I'll go back tomorrow and try it again or whatever. There's uh, there's a game that has a big booth
3: called Maneater and it's apparently a game that's on Steam in early uh, access. Epic. Oh, Isn't that Epic.
0: the shark I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, and it's like Grand Theft Auto shark simulator.
3: So I, I sent a picture of this to Nick who is a noted uh, person who's afraid of sharks <laughs> and his only response was just no. <laughs> and then I said but you play as the shark and he said oh god you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Um, <laughs> so then I'm, I sent him a picture of a, like a GIF of the game Where this shark just like leaps over a dock To, to eat this fisherman <laughs> And he mentioned <laughs> that it should be nice. a, Like an asymmetrical game Like Friday the 13th oh, Where man. you are the shark And your friends are playing as people
2: I think people. there's already a good. game like that There is a game like that is It's there? on
3: Steam But I don't remember the name of it Okay Well I, either way I think that would be great. Nick would never play that game. Oh, He'd be too terrified. That'd be so good. <laughs> Not to laugh at uh, at his uh, being afraid of sharks, but uh, I thought that was a great idea. And if that's, like, the thing is, Maneater looks really
0: good. It's got, like, a, a graphically it looks interesting. I'm sorry, but, like, uh, being afraid of sharks is totally valid. No, I know.
2: I, <laughs> Not when you live in Michigan. That's a
0: valid fear, to be I, afraid of them, but, like, no Nick don't no
3: one's gonna shame you man. I'm not yeah i'm that's the thing. I'm not laughing at it in the sense of like that's stupid because sharks can be very terrifying. I mostly try to not acknowledge their existence so that I can continue living my life
2: but i feel. I think it's perfectly valid to shame him for that for you, John personally, to shame him for that uh, wh- after being shamed for being so bad at. <laughs>
0: Why you have to bring it up?
3: Why you going to
2: bring up old shit?
3: <laughs> anyway, no, I think if I'm this, I'm kidding. If this game I joke. has, or if it, like since it's in early access, if they're gonna make that mode, like honestly, it looked really funny because they they were playing the trailer and like you can do these like sick jumps over boats to eat people. Dude, that sounds and, like, fun. There was this part where the the uh, the shark like bit at a boat and it exploded. And like you can also there's a skill tree, so you can like evolve the shark, and that includes making it like more armored and stuff <laughs> like that. So I, I, I need to I need to look into this game because it sounds awesome.
2: It
0: does look super ridiculous. Like it I, as like seeing it play, like watching people play it. I was like, I think I could play this game. Yeah, like, and it looks really good. Like it's a very pretty looking game. I hope they, does it
2: have ray tracing?
0: I, possibly.
1: I don't. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I hope they really go there with like the upgrade tree thing. Uh, like, if you actually apply armor to your shark, I hope there's like a shark vendor, and that there's some sort of <laughs> currency that you give this vendor and in order to acquire. It's, it's the
0: shark from uh, from Finding Nemo, and and he's got his British accent. and He's Bruce. like, "What what are you buying?" <laughs> he opens what up. A, what do you sell it? I hope he has a trench coat <laughs> that he opens up, and you
2: can, and you can sell the bones of your victims that you spit <laughs> yes. up at him. <laughs> I, I hope you can customize your paint, too, like your armor. You can armor get stripes. Your armor, you're, you're, you're,
0: you could be yeah, a tiger shark you with tiger, get, stripes, yeah, yeah, like can, tiger
2: stripes, like real yeah, tiger stripes. You can get tattoos. Yeah, a, a hammerhead helmet. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> tattoos like in the Far Cry games. Yes. You <laughs> but
3: you're a shark.
1: There's a whole bunch of cosmetic upgrades.
2: I feel like this is the next saint's row, basically. How many rows of teeth do you think you can get? Like, I want like 12 rows of teeth. I want, like, a whole
3: mouthful of teeth. Oh, but the other idea that I was thinking is, like, if in the asymmetrical game you had to catch the shark to win as the people, Mm -hmm. like a Jaws scenario, I think that'd be awesome. That would be pretty So you, like, have to collect the resources to be able to, like, properly
1: kill the shark
0: kill it or reel it in yeah <laughs> you gotta we gotta find the biggest fishing rod we can find
1: <laughs> it's like there's you find a harpoon gun on one of the islands f- yeah it's a,
0: it's a fishing simulator too on but, top of that like, <laughs> yes everybody's got to crank the crank you know
1: like i would love that you'd find uh like a harpoon gun on one of the islands but then you have to actually swim to the bottom of the ocean to get the harpoons mm. but there are like four of them they're all rusty and bent
3: well even like think about it if you're getting out there on the island and you have like if the island you start on just has like. A little wooden boat that can be like destroyed by the shark. Yeah. You're oh, man. Chancing being able to. So they'd, we'd have to figure out like maybe it's really hard to control the shark or something in or, order to like actually. Maybe it has have very. To co op the shark in order to eat people. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> or it could have very limited stamina. Yeah, that's true. Might need to like chill out for a moment.
2: Yeah. Maybe we should design our own shark game some other time. Sure. Who's the? Uh, it's a uh, trip interactive and Blindside interactive. Uh, you guys, we're f-
0: we're for sale. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to hire us as you know a think tank for you, we got this. I uh, can consult. We can all do this yeah, for sure. Yes, we're Shark very tank. affordable. Very affordable. Uh, there is a tank. panel. There is a panel coming up that's a uh, Shark Tank uh, for video games. Like you can pitch your video game that. idea. Like, and they had a big disclaimer on it that says like we are not like actually we're not actually getting any. You're deals. not pitching a game like. <laughs> So, but yeah, I might, I might sit in on that one just to see if anybody's stolen any of our video game ideas (laughs) as we walk around discussing them at PAX. Um, Anyways, anybody else have anything, uh, anything they want to talk about? Yes? No? Maybe? No? Not so much? I think Uh, that's it.
1: A couple other games that I saw but didn't get to play yet, so maybe save them for when I do play them. But there were some other ones in the Devolver area. One of the ones I wanted to play was the Enter the Gungeon light gun version the arcade Ooh, one yeah looked yeah. really looked really cool Uh, yeah that looks super cool agreed but I can't speak to it because I haven't played it yes
3: they-, but they have like an actual arcade cabinet and it is like guns like there's two people up there that are are shooting at things with it and yeah you like shoot to the side to do a dodge roll in order to not get hit by the bullets like in the game so it yeah. seemed really cool
1: it's an entirely new game it's just set in the same world yeah the Gungeon Cinematic Universe, if you will.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, that's uh, day two at PAX East 2020 here for the Midwest Game Nerds. Uh, thanks again to our Patreons, uh, uh, especially Jason and Gojo. Uh, again, you anybody listening, if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon, you can do so for as little as one dollar a month to keep our shows alive and well. It's mpn.bz slash Patreon. Uh, and yeah, everybody, you can get a hold of us Midwest Game Nerds on Instagram and twitter and you can email us at uh, midwestgamerners at gmail.com and uh, look forward to pax 2020 day three tomorrow hopefully and uh, we'll go from there and yeah thanks uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next time peace, peace.